When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good afternoon. This is the Tom Bernard Show. This is Cassie Schrader filling in for Tom. And to the left of me, we have... Zainab Johnson. Hey, everybody. Shy. What's happening? Melissa Kirk. And Andy Rappernard. Again, it's me, Cassie Schrader. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll have some more with Zainab at House of Comedy this weekend. So we'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. What the hell is this? It's Prince. Doves cry. (laughs) Oh, this is Doves cry? (laughs) Yeah, you didn't know that? 
I guess I've never heard the intro before. I could listen to Prince 24-7 and never get sick of it. I went to one of his free concerts. In did LA, you? Not free. When it, he did like these like um, $10 concerts. Uh-huh. Um and at the forum in LA, and it was great. And the seats is like twenty dollars or ten dollars, and you sit anywhere, you know. Mm. And I got right in the front, and it was great. Uh, we had on the same outfit, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know I saw Prince once, and he is the same size as me. Yeah, like height. You know, I probably have wider hips yeah. than he does, and yeah, I could probably fit into his clothes too. I went to the Paisley Park after he passed away, mm-hmm. and it was amazing inside there. And he used to do a lot of those free concerts. He that would just house. and he would just put it out on social media. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't follow him, you had no clue. Mm-hmm. See, I'm bittersweet with that Paisley Park thing. Why? Because he was against half of what's happening. Like he was all for the bringing people, but the whole drinking and the big party, party, party of it, he wasn't with that. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, uh, why are we doing this? Why are we going through his vaults? Why are we bringing all this stuff out of you know his personal and putting it out? I don't know. You know what though? What I'm on the fence about uh, the last wish right before the like when a person passed, doesn't matter what they wanted. I know that sounds like disrespectful, but mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, 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 I guess I'm bad one with that one. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's, it's nobody yet has presented me an argument why it like matters how what happens. So for me, I had to bring it home, right? Like to 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 kind of, I guess, understand it. So if my mom, let's say that, God forbid, but mm-hmm. and we all know it's inevitable, right? So if my mom was on her her deathbed and said, "These are my wishes. I want to be whatever," you know. Am I going to honor them or am I going to say, well, I don't agree with that? Like my wife, for mm-hmm. instance, she wants to be cremated. I refuse. I don't care. The mountaintop of uh, something in one of these movies she likes, she wants to get blown off of that. <laughs> I'm not cremating you and you're mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? But it's like, so, but my mom, I'm going to go with whatever your last wishes are. So uh-huh. I don't know. I'm... Well, from what I gather, Prince was planning on turning Paisley Park into a museum even when he was still with the museum us. part of it's fine it's the yeah. alcohol and all of that that he was against that's that they true had yeah. going on you know what i mean I it's really really bothering yeah i i can't remember what kind of alcohol he was against they, the alcohol thing altogether yeah because i know when you go to the end of the tour you can have food you know purchase food and everything you can buy pancakes and uh right. and they I, I can't remember when I, they first did it they didn't offer the alcohol and stuff oh now, so now it's okay. now that they're doing it because it was they profitable did, now they, they, exactly they decided to make more money off of it to put in alcohol yeah because mm. when i went there i was wearing hills so i was not gonna drink because that would have been a disaster <laughs> <laughs> my my husband laughs when i'm wearing heels it's bad enough i look like a baby giraffe trying to walk and imagine putting alcohol on top of that I'd, it would be I would end up as a Vine video for sure. So <laughs> I think some people's last wishes are just impractical for the living. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like, what? and it's we, if you look at it from others' perspectives, like there might have been somebody who owns a bunch of slaves. It was like, don't let those slaves go. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, and then it's like you can't wait for the person to die, so you can actually change, change. the very thing that they are dead set on while they're living. You know? Okay. In that so aspect, like, I could go with you. I mean, that, you <laughs> know, it's like, what if I'm waiting for you to die? To, you know? All right, I could go with. It's alcohol, hard, it's hard being, alcohol being served is a little bit different, but I'm just saying, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, my it's not, but. my mom. She told me since I carry when I was young. She always said that when she passes. She wants to be cremated and her ashes put in the Atlantic Ocean because she's from North Carolina. She loved the beach. 
So last September we lost my mom. Okay. So and she was living in North Carolina. So we got her cremated. Mm-hmm. We, and she's like, I don't want a funeral. I don't want a wake. I don't want to make a big deal. Just you know, whatever. So we cremated. My kind of lady. Yeah, <laughs> she wanted to go yeah. as Jeez. cheap as possible. <laughs> Funerals are they're expensive. brutal. Expensive. They're expensive. Yeah, and I'm they're still sad. Got my son oh, in March. And I mean, you could spend dude, easily fifteen thousand on yeah. a funeral. Oh, yeah, I know. Trust me. Yeah, and that's, and <laughs> that's, that's bizarre. the cheapest route. That is just bizarre to me. Trust so me. I'm like, so we, so we got her cremated and we brought her to the beach. And of course, it was a day after a tropical storm, <laughs> so the tides were high. My sister and I are trying to get my mom's ashes in the ocean, and we're cracking up and laughing. But this is something my mom would have been laughing about, too. And we're trying to get her, pour her out into the ocean, and it's windy. Well, then the waves kept coming up, so I had to close the bag up so my mom wouldn't get wet and turn to (laughs) cement. And we're just laughing and having, you know, and I think... That was a good moment. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was sad you know but we knew this is what my mom wanted so we just tried to honor her wishes mm-hmm. and did the best we could under the circumstances because she was... made you laugh yes she did mm-hmm. she made me laugh even dumping her into the atlantic well my my dad when they were still married she always said you know she wanted to be in the atlantic ocean my dad's like i'll just flush you down the toilet you'll You'll eventually get there there. right right that's me that was my family climbing no mountain to blow your ashes (laughs) no so um zaynab's gonna be at the house of comedy this weekend let's see i gotta pull up the calendar again um you have a friday night tonight is at 7 30 9 45 a saturday show 7 and 9.30, and then you're going to be on Sunday, too, at 7 p.m. Yes, yes, yes. It's unusual, because so usually it's 8 and 10.30, right? That's usually Acme, I think. Hey, yeah, man, who team you on? <laughs> I worked at the House of Comedy, but that was like seven, eight years ago. So. Trader over there. I've, I've seen kind of adjustments here and there. I think, is there change. more adjustments in the wintertime? The times? Yeah. I don't know yet. Oh, you oh know. that's true. Yeah, because you've only been working there for like two months. Right. Well, I know. I know comedy here in the wintertime is huge mm-hmm. because yep. people want to get out, but they can't be, be outside. outside. Yeah. So they always go to places where they can go indoors and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you. It's beautiful outside. Yeah, summer is like a slow season for comedy most places, yeah. um, mm-hmm. except like New York. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's why I'm not used Chicago. to Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's but places like. Minneapolis is definitely a slow yeah. season. Now, where are you from? New York. Oh, you are from? Uh-huh. Oh, I think I read that. You're from uh, Harlem, right? Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, but I grew up in Harlem. But oh, I live cool. in L.A. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. so it's multicultural. No, I've heard Harlem has changed quite a bit in a the lot. last, like, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So is it going to become more like Brooklyn, like, more like hipsters and the, the millennial? Mille, oh, God, I can't talk today. Words are hard. Millennials. Uh, yeah. Are they kind of filtering in? And Yeah, but Brooklyn, I, it's funny people say, like, has it changed more like Brooklyn? Harlem was the first one to see the change. Oh, really? Brooklyn followed its lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Harlem was the first to gentrify to, hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. Brooklyn... I, I I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Williamsburg when one year when I was in college. Although now Williamsburg talk is about hipsters. hipsters, yeah, yeah. But when I lived there, which was not twenty years, it was ten years ago at mm-hmm. best, and it was only Spanish people, Black people, and Hasidic Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I, I, I want to go to New York so yeah. bad. I've never been there, and I just love all the... It's I mean, such the, a short trip. You got to get there. I know. I just, it, it's such a hard... We have, you know, yeah. we were talking about how many kids we have together. And so just trying to get you out to go to a movie, yeah. just my husband and I, is yeah. difficult. So trying to plan a vacation around, yeah. you know... I can imagine, because I'm starting my show off these days with parents keep your babies off the planes. So yeah. I understand. <laughs> I know. I completely... Well, luckily, all the kids understand. are older. My young, The young out of all of them is my son max he's six. Oh, okay so and everyone's like oh do you want to have another one and make it an even dozen i'm like no <laughs> i have i mean luckily some of dave's kids are adults and not living in the home and everything but yeah we love having a big family mm-hmm. you grew up in a big family that yeah i'm I one read. of 13 mm-hmm. 13 mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. how now I only had one sister, but now I'm seeing the dynamic with multiple mm-hmm. kids in my house. How was it for you, you growing up with, tw- are you, so 12 other siblings? 12 other siblings. I'm a middle child. I have five sisters. I have seven brothers. Oh. Um, I don't know anything outside of that. So <laughs> I don't even, I know how to share. I know mm-hmm. for things to not be about me. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to get lost in the shuffle. I, you know, which is probably why. I enjoy stand up so much. I just stand up there alone now, for an you, hour. <laughs> did you? But did you do find um, some of your comedic influences in a, like growing up in that big family and then trying to interact with so many different personalities? Because every kid's got a different personality. Yeah, we we all have different personalities. I can't. I really can't say that I developed like some sort of funny mm-hmm. skill or something being a part of a large family. I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember people saying that I was funny when I was younger. Oh. I went. My first TV appearance was on Comic View, and my younger brother, my, my family drove to Atlanta to the taping, and my younger brother said he was the most nervous he had ever been in his life. And I'm like, why? He's like, because I don't remember you being funny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was <worried. laughs> oh, And he funny. was like, and then the moment you got out, that he said the first thing that you said, it was so funny. He was like, oh, my God, my sister is funny. Like, who would have known? Oh, that's but funny. then people who talked to me from like high school and college they're like you were always funny mm-hmm. you always told a good story i'm like ah. yeah sometimes you know it's probably just natural for you to, to be that way mm-hmm. and you just don't realize it yeah sure. i might maybe you don't what you're supposed to be doing I know. Maybe. Apparently, I do funny things all the time, too, because, you know, my husband will start laughing. I'm like, what? What did I do? Mm-hmm. And he'll tell me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, so I do things like <laughs> yeah. that. And you yeah. just don't realize it. Yeah. Um. So and I also read that you were a teacher. Mm-hmm. Now, what kind of te- were you? Math and science. Math and science. Mm-hmm. What grade? Uh, science, I did uh, one through six in math. I did six. Oh, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. How was that? <laughs> It wasn't my, intentionally I was doing it for high school, like I wanted to teach high school, but then when I did my student teaching, the teacher was asked to uh, redo the math textbook that year, and so he left, so it was an easy position to fill, so that's Mm -hmm. how I got there. Um, It was, I preferred the, like, sixth graders over, like, first graders. Oh, really? First graders were gross, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Sixth graders are, like, they're, like, fully functioning, like, yeah, human beings, first graders, they like, they like masturbate all day, but you don't even know <laughs> that they're. I know that sounds crazy to say that kids, I know, they're, they're but they weird. just sit there and like play with themselves. Or they're yeah, they're st- they still have that preschool yeah, attitude. Yeah, they either got their hands in their pants or their nose or their mouth. It's like yeah. something has to hold their hands. 
<laughs> I know I exactly do what it. you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we have now we have a couple sixth graders going to become sixth graders this year, and then my youngest is going to be in first grade. So yeah. yeah, we have that range from still like acting like a preschooler to teenagers, yeah. like prepubescent teenagers. Oh my god, and the, the attitudes that go around our house is just. I, I don't know how I, I could never be a teacher. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, when I first moved to L.A., I was teaching arts, um, an arts program to like seventh graders. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the most difficult because you really try and get them to understand like this moment mm-hmm. is so minuscule. Right. In the grand scheme of life. Oh, I know. But for them, it's it everything. is the begin-all and end-all of their existence in that moment. And, it, I mean, it could be something trivial. Oh, I know. Like, and you just have to get the. I mean, even I have my opinions. Like, you know, like the girl who was the most popular girl. I didn't get it. I was mm-hmm. like, who chose her? Right. I know. I, <laughs> but as a teacher, win? you can't say that. As a teacher, you just... Yeah, you know, you got to promote everybody like, you know, try and be their their best selves. But anytime she was difficult, I wanted to say, you're yeah. going to get a rude awakening. Oh, I know. I tell soon, and I can't wait. I know. I tell that to, you know, my stepdaughters because they're, you know, I have a 14 year old and oh, soon yeah, to be 12. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like if something, you know, goes wrong, it's the end of the world. Yeah. And they're all I'm like. Just brush it off. You're yeah. fine. But then, you know, they get these attitudes. And I'm like, one day, mm-hmm. one day you're going to say that to the wrong person. Yeah. And you're going to get your butt kicked or slapped. So I, you know. I remember my mom not getting me these sneakers. And like it's so many of us, we were poor. Mm-hmm. Like just the fact that I had sneakers, I, sh- I should have recognized as a gift. But I wanted some specific like Nike Air Maxes and my mm-hmm. mom would not let me get them. And I remember thinking, I just got to die. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just got to die. Life isn't worth it. And now when I look back at that moment, mm-hmm. I'm like. Oh, I know. They're like. I do it all the time. I just, I, I remember being that age. But I don't remember being that dramatic about things. And I'm like, was I really like that? Because I, there's been times I would call up my parents after raising kids. And I would apologize. Mm-hmm. And you both. Be yep. like, I'm so sorry for whatever I did. Because now, you know, I'm reaping what mm-hmm. I sowed. Now my kids are acting this way. And it drives me bananas. But yeah. yeah. Um, but so uh, we're going to be going to break here in about 30 seconds. Okay. But I want you to mull it over. What were some of your comedic influences growing up? Especially in New York. Because that's such a, you know, saturated comedy town and a lot of great people have, you know come out of there chicago even here too in minneapolis yeah so i just want to know what kind of comedic influences because i saw um you were on deaf comedy jam all deaf comedy yeah the no, newer version the newer version yeah. okay because i was like was that show still on because i used to yeah, watch no. the old version yeah uh Ru- russell simmons oh, version did Huh? It's still Russell Simmons. It's all the same, but it's just a, a different name. Oh, okay. okay. All yeah. right. Well, oh, we're sure. going to take a quick break. We'll come, by, come back and we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? Why is it cool? All that stuff. It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store, 
or the Android store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check, if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course, when you don't have cash, you can use the app. The payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker? An X-Check? I'm going to get it today. North American Banking Company. Celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, Attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. I am still living with your ghost. Whatever happened to Everclear? Right. Hmm. That's a good <laughs> I question. I thought they were a pretty good band. <laughs> they just kind of went away. They were hot for about two years, and then where'd they go? <laughs> well, Everclear burns quick. Yeah. Okay, Arts. well, we're here with uh, Zainab Johnson, and she's going to be at House of Comedy this weekend. Uh, before we went to break, we were talking about some of her comedic influences growing up, especially in New York, Harlem, and in that area, so... Um, who were your influences growing up? Uh, I mean, the first comedy special I ever saw was Raw. Okay. Um, and I don't know how I saw that because I feel like I saw it like <laughs> 10 years after it came out. Yeah. Um, and But when I saw it, I wasn't like, ooh, you can be a comedian for work. Mm-hmm. I think I just thought, that guy's famous. And mm-hmm. like famous people do whatever he's mm-hmm. doing, you yeah. know? Um, and then... and. When I was in college, I used to go to, like, the Boston Comedy Club and the Comedy Cellar, and I would see people, like, every week, like Bill Burr, um, a guy named Talent, Keith Robinson. I'd see Godfrey. I'd see just a but like, David. I'd see a bunch of, like, those, like, New York comedians. Yeah. And I don't know if they influenced me because I never knew I wanted to do comedy, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Now, I... I wouldn't say one person influences me. Oh, okay. So it's no. kind of like a mixture, just kind of like... It's like everybody, and like I learned from the good and the bad. So what was the moment that you thought comedy was going to be your outlet? I mean, what was it like a trigger, like, I want to do that? I um, So eight years ago, because August made eight years, mm-hmm. um, I was working for a guy who produced... Thank you. I was working for a guy who produced shows at the comedy store, in LA and every week we were booking this big show and there were never really we may have had like three fe- females come mm-hmm. do the show and that's like what six times four, like that's what like 48 weeks of 
Um, no, six times four is what? 24. 24. <laughs> um, 24 weeks of lineups. I told you uh-huh. I don't get math. And I just said I had a degree in math. <laughs> I can't do math in my head to save um, my life. But, yeah, and we didn't see. It's like we were booking the same guys over and over, but we wouldn't have, like, different women. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I sat there and recognized that, like, consciously, but I think subconsciously it did something to me. And then the day I quit, I just went to my first open mic. And it just it wasn't a production like it wasn't I didn't talk to a bunch of people. I didn't run it by people. It just it was just like a thought I did. And I'm like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just that type of person. If I think of something, I'll do it. You know, like I used to have a shaved head. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to shave my head. It was like, no, I just woke up one day and I did it and I was done. Yeah. Well, comedy was. Yeah. And I wasn't bad. I think if I sucked very early on, I would have probably stopped because mm-hmm. I didn't know like I, I realized I loved it through doing it mm-hmm. but I would never sat back like that's something that I want to do you know like when you when you have that it gives you motivation like okay well I'm bad now but I'm gonna keep going because eventually I'll get good mm-hmm. I think I had no attachment to it really so if I sucked that first day it would have been the first thing and last day oh wow yeah well yeah so you really took a leap mm-hmm. and and obviously it's working because you're still around. Now, what was the moment, like, what when you did a performance that you knew that you have made it? Because, I mean, you, you didn't go into it thinking, you know, this is going to be a career for me. I'm just going to try it. If it works out, it works out. But then, you know, as you progress, it's like, wow, I've actually made it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I've ever had that thought. Oh, you like, have wow, I made it. Because mm-hmm. um, I also look at my bank account and be like, <laughs> <laughs> you could go further. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do have moments where I recognize how good I am. Okay. And probably hmm, the first time, the first time... I don't know if I ever, like now I watch my, it used to be very hard for me to watch my tapes mm-hmm. um, just because we're so critical of ourselves. Like yeah. just hearing my own voice and watching myself, I couldn't even think about the jokes. I'm like, why'd you wear that shirt? You yeah. know, like, right. <laughs> why are you um, making that or face why'd you do that Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are you doing that? Ooh, who knew? I remember the first time I ever heard myself on an um, answering machine. I hated it. I was <laughs> devastated. I was like, is that what I sound like? I know. I did the same thing, too, because I have a heavy Minnesota accent. Yeah. And, and I, do, I know. But I don't hear it. So when I hear myself back, you know, listening back, I'm like, oh, my God, do I really sound like a church lady mm-hmm. at a Lutheran church about to serve tater tot casserole? I mean, that's how I feel. I'm just like, oh, my God. So I can't stand listening to myself yeah. talk. Yeah. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. But you can tell by people's reactions. Like, I, I started realizing it when i get off stage i would get two well three things happen one i started getting things very early Mm -hmm. and early in terms of the career of comedy and usually when that's happening it's because you're either really good or you fuck somebody and i fuck nobody can we curse yeah you can (laughs) i can edit it out (laughs) (laughs) he moved really quick like i did something wrong But yeah, Um, guys would come up to me and say, I normally don't think women are funny, but you are so funny. And that's not a compliment. But 
I get that they think that it is. Yeah. And then the third thing that would happen a lot of times <laughs> is I would get off stage and um, writers, other comedians, show producers would say, who's writing your material? Mm-hmm. And then I, would be, I didn't even know that that was it. I thought that the whole purpose of stand-up was because it's supposed to come yeah. from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be like, no, me. And they'd be like, oh, we got to bring her in for a meeting. Because yeah. if she can think of that, maybe she could think of some other, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I knew, like, oh, okay. Yeah, because, I mean, when I was younger, the, there were, weren't that many female comedians that were really good, in my opinion. My maybe. I mean, we had, yes, but then you had, like, Joan Rivers, who was fantastic. And, I mean, there's there's a couple that are stand out to me, but I don't know. Um, probably I, the first really good uh, comedian, female comedians, was, like, seeing them on Deaf Comedy Jam or Comic View, then it really clicked that women are actually really doing this and they're doing it on their own. They're mm-hmm. not having people write for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Monique, to me, was real funny. Mm. I, 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 is she even doing anything anymore? I don't know. Yeah, she's not... been in like media. I mean, it's been all bad press, but it's she's like, there. She's been... Oh, really? I have. She's still turned me off for her. Yeah, like, wow, the biggest thing is she's been trying to get. Do you remember? I don't know if you. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. She was upset that Netflix didn't want to offer her the amount oh, no. that she felt like she deserved. Oh, really? For her comedy they special. Gave it to, uh, what's she call it? Right, uh, oh. Amy Schumer or something. They gave what the her contract. That's what she was disputing, right? The guys no, got more, get, and then well, the, yeah. and Amy came in and got paid something, and she couldn't get what she wanted. And... Yeah, she, yeah, she used them as a reference point. Right. Like, okay, if you guys are, I think Monique believes that because she has an Oscar, that mm-hmm. means something in the world of a special, yeah, a comedy special. And unfortunately, it doesn't. But it's double sided. Like, also there is colorism and there is. Uh, sexism, mm-hmm. you know, especially in stand-up comedy. So it's it's a it's a it's a bunch of things. They'll give somebody that's more popular. They'll give a black woman that's more popular than Monique more money because they they just know they're going to be able to sell the units. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just that's just business. Yeah. Um, but Monique's thing is like principle. Like, uh, no, if I'm one of the greats, which that's debatable. But I mean, you know, um, she just you know it's. So she's been in the media. The most yeah. recent thing when Roseanne got fired, Monique Yo, was the first yeah. one to jump on a bandwagon and yep. say she's not racist. What she said wasn't right. Like uh-huh. Monique's been out there. Oh, I haven't but really. But kudos, heard. kudos to you for avoiding it. Yeah, she was I, in something I, called I, Bessie in 2015. Um, well, she was in a the movie. Biopic about Bessie Smith, a blues singer. Mm-hmm. So. There you oh. go. Who played Bessie? Queen Latifah, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I know. Okay. I never saw that movie, but yeah, I remember seeing it around. So long. Yeah, she did a that. movie. She did a movie recently. It came out the same year one of Amy Schumer's movies came mm-hmm. out, and it grossed more at the box more office. Than, yep. And mm-hmm. so she felt like, oh, well, if I'm not a draw, and you you guys are saying she's a draw, then why am I doing this at the, the you know? Yeah, so. it was like the last movie I remember seeing her in was... And precious is that what she won the Oscar for? Yeah, yeah, that was her biggest, last biggest. Yeah. Oh, that was picture. a bad role, though. I mean, she didn't act. act her acting was fine, but her character, oof. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I read I, the book Push when I was yep. young. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, most yep. black girls did. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, most black yeah. girls. There's a certain like. There's certain books that when you like grow up in inner cities Mm -hmm. by black authors that Mm -hmm. we just you know like I found out a lot about like down like like gay men 
uh, through like Eric Jerome Dickey books, you know, like right. there's just certain books that certain books in an African American community. Yeah. Like the teenager, like I graduated, like I feel like I read Push right after the Babysitter's, Babysitter's Club. Club. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was like fifth grade. My hand it to us. Yep. Yeah. The moment oh. I got to middle school, they were like, choose your own books. <laughs> okay. It's just like. This poor, fat teenager. I want to know about this. I know. It was a very sad story. I felt very... It's t- it's a- I awful. Cried. Yeah. And Monique deserved her. I think she did yeah. great. But things have been a bit different for her since, since then. That that, yeah, that's when it sort of shifted for Monique. Normally, it would have been positive for people, but for, for Monique, it shifted in a kind of negative way. Okay. Well, bringing up Roseanne, what do you think Ooh. that whole... Uh, do you think she should have gotten fired? Because I've heard a lot of people we go back and... Well, no, like, it, I mean, some people say, should she have gotten fired? Or, I mean, I understand why ABC probably decided, because they're, they're, they're kind of putting out that no tolerance. That was a business move, yeah. You know, but it's like, I don't know, did it get blown out of proportion? Because then you see on the other side, there's a lot of people saying similar things, but they're not losing their jobs or... Because we talked about it a couple weeks ago, like Alec Baldwin has said pretty oh, gnarly things out there in public. And mm-hmm. he don't care. And he doesn't get chastised or punished or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. Well, that's the sex thing again, too. Yeah, I was about to say that's the sexism. but it's think that's and a what woman it saying. is? Yeah. Women aren't supposed to I'm, speak no, I'm not trying to say that I agree with Roseanne because I don't agree. And yeah. she offended. She, she, she said something that directly relates to her boss, mm-hmm. you know, at the time. Um, but like the, the, the probably equivalent for Alec Baldwin right now is if we find out that he's touching on somebody inappropriately, then he loses. That's, that's how we're reprimanding men Uh today is with the me too. Yeah. Is any sort of sexual harassment. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I was just, I was just wondering, cause I'm like, I, I don't get this, you know, one person says one thing and somebody else says something similar, but the consequences are so different. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's exactly how I feel when like unarmed black guys get shot. Mm-hmm. And the cops don't go. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like the way that you put that is like what happens to a, a black person in the legal system versus a non-black person or a white person in the legal in the American legal system. Mm-hmm. It's your same sentiment. Like I don't even understand. Yeah, it's like how I have weed and he has weed and he got let go and I got four years. Yeah, that's not. That should be either both right. of you get four years or, or both, both of us get let go. Pay the fine and walk yeah, away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's bizarre to me how everything. And I think um, I don't know. Right. It got real serious. Well, no, <laughs> I think, but it's a good topic. These away. I think it's a, oh, oh. he's got too many kids over there. He's gonna chow them out. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I need some milk. Do you have milk? No, you need some milk. I think it's. I think it's a good topic to talk about and to get different people's perspectives, you know, and I, what I think is important is to have those discussions, knowing what you know, knowing what I know, and just have that open mindedness to say, okay, now I know where you're thinking. This is how I'm thinking. Where can we come and meet Mm -hmm. versus arguing about it? Because that's what's going on today. If you don't like somebody's politics, you hate them. If you don't like how they address somebody, you hate them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, you know, racism has been thrown out there, sexism. It's just like um, you get to the point where you just don't even want to talk to anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel with social media. Like, that's probably why I didn't know about Monique, because I don't go on social media, media yeah. 
pretty much anymore for my own personal use. It's mostly just for the mm-hmm. podcast and all that because mm-hmm. I can't take it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Reading through some of these this stuff, I literally started feeling angry all the yeah. time. And I'm like, why am I even angry? This does not even because affect you got kids me. In this world. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to pay attention to my own life. I'm not going to worry about what's going on. I'll look at news, like breaking news, like for natural disasters and, mm-hmm. you know, weather or, or stuff like that. But when it comes to all these politics and this back and forth between, you know, he said, she said, the Me Too movement, I, I've, I've done, I'm done. Yeah, I think the internet and social media is probably the best and worst thing that has ever happened. Yes, yes, I think it's to us. I, 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 honestly, I think it's tearing society apart. But we weren't ready for it. No, it's a good thing, but people just we weren't, weren't ready, ready for well, it. Well, there's a responsibility to be had with it, and nobody takes that responsibility on. So they just put things out there, and you know, it is what it is, and they just don't care. Yeah. And I mean, the reality is we're all human beings. We're all flawed. We're mm-hmm. all afraid. We're all angry. We're all happy. We're all jealous. Mm-hmm. And you get to be, uh, you know how they say, um, oh, you see who a person really is when they drink. Mm-hmm. Or when they, I feel like social media is like that as well. Yeah. You see, because you get to hide to a certain extent. And you see at least what people really want to be. Yeah. Well, we got to take a quick break and we'll talk more about this topic of social media and how it's destroying society. (laughs) But yeah, we have Zainab Johnson in studio. She's going to be at House of Comedy this weekend. All right, we'll be back on the Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I'd been hearing about MyPillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first MyPillow and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned, and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. My Pillow is offering buy one My Pillow and get another absolutely free. Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August first. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first My Pillow. If you already know how great the My Pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call eight hundred five one six five one four six. Use the promo code TOM or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. A little Yacht Rock to calm us down. (laughs) That is what I call it. I find it funny. They redid this song. 
Did they? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the Killers. Oh yeah, you just told me it's it on the radio the, right yeah. now. <gasps> the Killers read it. I, I think it's the it Killers. Up. It's really good. I like it. Really? Yeah, I, I thought it. it was good. Oh wait, it's it's a Weezer. Oh I think. Weezer. Sorry, yeah. I get them confused. Well, they're the same. Yeah. Yeah, my goodness. A little bit. They're basically the same. <laughs> the other day we were, went to go music. see uh, the Meg. Okay. And we um, at Southdale, and there's this pizza place there called DeLeo's, and it's an 80s throwback pizza place where they have arcade games, and they have all this 80s memorabilia on the wall, and it's funny because I walk around, and I'm like, oh, my God, we had that on my wall. We right. had that right. on our wall. We had that painting. Um, but uh, my kids wanted to play a song on the jukebox, and they have, you know, and they have, so they put in their money or whatever, and Toto... Africa was the song they picked. And my kids love the 80s music. So it's just funny how uh, he's like, and he goes, do you like the song I picked, Mom? And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's a good choice. I think that's part of the problem when he took the music and art and all that crap out of the schools, man. That's what's half of the thing, you know what I mean? Kept yeah. around it. Yeah, they should have. I think it's good for kids to be creative. And, I mean, they do have, like, those performing arts schools. So they don't have art in school anymore? They do, it's, but it's... It's not offered as, as widespread as it was. Like, when we went to school, mm. that was a part of your everyday curriculum. Yeah. yeah. Art, music, uh -huh. gym, yeah. woodshop, home yep. ec. Now it's like Now it's extracurricular. Yeah. Oh. It's an option it, now. It, it, it should be mandatory, I think. You think it should be an option? No, no, no. I'm saying that when At least they, they have cut budget, when budget cuts, it's the first thing to go. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to be arts... Athletic, mm -hmm. you know, See, and, and so if the school still at least gives it as an option, then that's better. Some schools don't, don't have all. any, yeah. like, mm -hmm. well, like my kids, when they have like what they do now is they have alternate days, like one day's a green day, one day's a red day, right? Right, right. So on green days, they'll have gym, and like on red days, they'll have like a music or an art mm -hmm. or something okay. like that. So but it's something. like, mm -hmm. why can't they combine some, like put health with physical education? Right, that's what they did with us. I took the mm -hmm. same health class for four years. Yep. That's something can be put in the budget cut, not mm -hmm. in yeah. stress. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I that's think true. It's, important that a lot of these kids what do they teach in health i don't know if i ever took health or sex ed in school oh well we took the same it was like the same health class from uh my freshman year to my senior year in high school it just taught the same the stuff basics um, of your body anatomy uh sex education yep. the um, basics of them. we had to do i remember doing the dare program mm. JB. for drugs mm. and stuff like that but it was like the same class every year. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, why am I, I? I quit going to that class. I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I would rather go do something that's more educational and something I'm learning because I already know all this stuff. Yeah. But you there need you the credit. I'm like, well, then give me a different class so I can get the credit for it. Because I said, I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the schools, the way they structure their education is just bizarre. And that, that's another reason why I could not be a teacher because I could not handle the way they do things and how you can't you can't do like this the bureaucracy of it right, yeah right. that and like if, if a child is struggling you there's nothing you can do really as a teacher you know especially if they're struggling personally mm -hmm. you know they don't want you to be a counselor to yeah. a child they want their professional people which isn't really going to do any much different than a teacher like the teachers i feel today their hands are so tied mm-hmm you know, mm -hmm. they have no, yep. um, and like I hear a lot of the 
um, teachers, they have to fork out their own money for mm-hmm. supplies for the classrooms, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of leery about because when I see my son's, you know, supply list, he has to bring in like six boxes of crayons. And I'm like, how is he going to go through six boxes of crayons? Well, the, it is my child. He likes to break them. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking what they're doing is they're doing that purposely so that the teachers kind of have a stockpile yeah. of, of supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no... And re- I'm not upset at that. Because no. what happened to the village raises the child? We got boxes away from of crayons that. are cheap. They're, you know what I mean? This time of year, they're like 25 cents for Crayola. Yeah, so. and I mean, if you send your kid in without the six boxes, they're not penalized, right? No, no, no. no, no, no yeah, no. that's just like a suggested mm-hmm. list. My problem is, is that you go to these stores and with these supply lists, and some of the stuff they have are so obscure, ridiculous. you can't find them anywhere. And or that every store you go to is they're out of stock yeah. on it because yeah. it's just like, oh my god! So you're you're literally running around town to find a certain felt pen, yeah, for your son because <laughs> they want it black and it has. To be those flare pens, and I can't find them anywhere, and it's frustrating me. JV's well, it's, it's here. It's especially weird because <laughs> the amount of government spending per child in schools is some huge amount. But yes. it's like, where is the money going? Where does it go? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if they can't it's, afford 20 felt pens, yeah. I mean, come it's on. It's tied up in administrative costs. It probably it's is, yeah. Um, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you have your principal and your vice principal and this person and that person, and they make Board very good money. They, yeah. They so, and, I, you know, I have a brother who just retired being a principal, uh, two sisters who were teachers, mm-hmm. uh, a sister-in-law who's a th- uh, speech therapist, as I slur my words. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so my family's all about education. and. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the crayons. Yes, it's the stockpile and to take care of those who don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of money is wasted on, like it's, I shouldn't say wasted, but a lot of money is spent on uh, the administrators' salaries yeah. and whatnot. It's not going to the teachers. We spend $12,000 per student K-12 per year. So that's a lot of money. money right. you got a 30 uh classroom of 30 kids you know that's like almost four hundred thousand dollars where is it going i don't know it's um it's a a, a question that's never answered no. i mean <laughs> i work on a college campus and, and tuition... post that's post-secondary is college right right yeah. uh that is thirty thousand dollars per full-time student right Jeez. and yeah that's always going up yes. but nobody can answer the question where is it going where is yeah. it going yeah, there's no, no accountability for it. I, I, no, I mean, I don't know. I know the state of Minnesota, we spend a lot per pupil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Now, where, how about like New York? Do you know like how? Andy probably could tell I you. I can look that <laughs> yeah. up. But the, the thing is. New York is the number one in terms of spending. per student spending. Yes, uh, $21,000 per student So Chicago's probably got to be similar to that too. Uh, Alaska's number two. What? That's bizarre. Okay, sure. <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, it probably costs a lot more to get people to teach there. Oh, yeah, that's for you. <laughs> yeah, to, sh- to ship a box of crayons over there probably costs $500. But, then you, but get... then you look at states that don't spend a lot of money on their students and their education levels. It's better. 
No, they're god awful. Really? Mm-hmm. Like Alabama and Arkansas. It's true. I lived in Montgomery, Alabama for a year, and you were absolutely right on that. No, well, the school system yeah. is horrible, and they still paddle your child. I had to sign papers. I remember because we argued about this. <laughs> I'm not. You're not beating my kid. Like you yeah. know what I mean. But that's their thing in the school system. You have to sign paperwork saying that the principal, the teacher, the counselor, whoever can put hands paddle on your child. Like, get the, but then they come home dumb as I don't know what. Get, right. get out of here. Come on. That's so, bizarre that that's know, still, cap- still happening. Yeah. Do they consider that capital punishment? That's then? their, yeah, that's core, their core, way. Core, you core, can't core, come core. in there and pop your child, but they can. I said, get out of here. That that's make no bizarre. Sense I didn't know that was still going we on. We snatched them out. It didn't last. Alabama <laughs> is... It was very, very stupid. Yeah. I've been to Alabama. Alabama. The last to do everything. Alabama's like, you're not going to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alabama. Yeah, it wasn't for me. I got out of there. But they, you know, like, we spend a lot here, but I see our kids, I raised my son here, um, being a heck of a lot more educated. Mm Mm-hmm. And he went to, you know, he went to public schools. Yeah. And his public high school is always in the top 300 in the country. Mm-hmm. It's a Southwest uh, high school in Minneapolis, but it's always in the top 300 public or private. Yeah. So we we get a little bit better bang for our bucks buck here in this state than a lot of other places do. Well, I, I don't know, man, because I've gone in my kids' classrooms, this technology they have... They got like this, they don't call it, they have a whiteboard, but then they have a smart board. Yep. Where it's like a touch screen. I'm like, what is, this is like Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys are coming out, you know, dumber than stumps here. What's going on, you know? And they, I mean, I remember transparencies. Do you remember those? When mm-hmm. you'd write, the teacher mm-hmm. would be, and that's how she'd show us how to do math. And mm-hmm. we had actual chalkboards. And I mean, that's all we had. And we had a calculator. I think that made an effect on us. Our generations, like we was talking about earlier, with the differences along the way, I think that hurt us, man. Take it, but, but I think it's necessary to mm-hmm. advance technologically yes. in the classroom yes. as the yeah. world advances yeah. because you're not the the jobs, especially the industries that are that will at least keep our country competing. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no way we can do that you know like 20 years ago um running an app was not a uh, it was not, vi- it was not yeah. a job so yeah. you cannot teach the same thing yeah in schools now th- for you know potential jobs yeah i don't know i i'm, I'm just kind of torn with it because yeah, i almost like, see uh, with my kids it's making them more lazy because exactly they're having the technology saying. do everything for them i agree with the technology yeah but well but when the world becomes the i mean Computers made a lot of things a lot easier. Um, yeah, and the technology shouldn't be doing the work with them, but using the, the you know, learning how to use the technology and apply it is something that definitely yeah. should be happening. Like, just because you have a calculator doesn't mean that that's not supposed to replace you being able to add and subtract. Yeah, right. right. But well, at a certain level of math, there's no way around it. You need a graphing calculator. You need, like, you, yeah. you just yeah. need it. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just to mention, like, having, and I remember in high school doing, you know, algebra and all them things, you still had your, your graphic calculator, 
and I could not figure out how to use that thing. Yeah, I, I never learned how to, how to use, use mine. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, so it's like even with a calculator that you think does everything for yeah, you, you, still you have, have to, to know how to have, use yeah. it. I just remember sticking in the three and a half by five floppy drive and playing Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what the first I remember. Time I ever, the first time I ever used a computer was yeah. at yeah. my school because they were the first ones to have oh, them. Oh, yeah. it was so cool. You had like this, in the screen was you know like yep. five by five, five yep. and yep. it was like orange. Twelve or colors. Green. Yeah. Green block letters and I, and to see how it's come and how kids are advancing, it's just it's so it blows my mind. It but does. I, I know you were saying that your kids seem to be lacking in some things, and that's mm -hmm. because we are uh, teaching technology, using technology, but there are things that competencies that we're not using and teaching anymore, like history. History, and that's what I mean. History is, has been forsaken, and kids have no basis from that. it, unless yeah. the yeah. parents have taught exactly. them. I'm always, I'm always, you know, um, having my kids overachieve when but, it comes to what they lack in school, and, like, then you take the initiative to look it up. Mm -hmm. And my oldest boy, who is autistic, he loves information. So he's a big, huge history buff, and he's so cute because I call him my little Johnny Five. Because he'll, like, when he finds out of a topic and it's interesting to him, he's got to find everything about that topic. Mm -hmm. So he, he's gone through his periods where he's going back in history, and I'll kind of take him down this rabbit hole. I'm like, well, here's something you probably didn't know that they don't teach you in school or, you know, things like that. So we're always doing stuff like that with the kids. And I, I think one of the reasons, and I sit on the fence with this, I think one of the reasons that they're scrapping history is because now with the access to information, mm -hmm. you realize what was being taught in history it has been live. Mm -hmm. right. And so but instead of going back and trying teaching or changing the curriculum to teach what is a more factual um, depiction of the past, mm -hmm. it's like, well, we don't want to do that either. Yeah. So let's just leave it alone for a little while. Well, obviously, I'm the oldest person in the room. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. And I went to a Catholic grade school growing up. Believe it or not, it was an all-black Catholic grade school in St. Louis. And one of the things was my 6th, uh, 7th, 8th grade uh, history teacher, you know, was the same person, um, was the first one that started laying down facts on don't believe everything you, you're going to read in this book. You know, because things have... Um, you know, and she, you know, we would talk about slave, slavery in a very different way than other places talked about it. And, you know, she brought it up that the reason why the whole, the war was fought, yes, it was over slavery, but it wasn't over the fact that they wanted to free people. It was over the fact that the South had a f uh, free access to uh, labor that was making them richer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a sixth grade kid, you're like, whoa, I've never heard this before. Mm -hmm. So you can you can teach history. Mm -hmm. You can teach the corrected mistakes. Mm -hmm. I, believe, to, I believe you can, too. But I think that the teacher that you speak about mm -hmm. is an anomaly. Right. Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, what's taught, like when I think about history, if when I was in school, the thing that we learned a little bit about was Martin Luther King during <laughs> 
February. Right. right. But what's completely inaccurate is the story of Christopher Columbus, which was a major part of certain history lessons for me in elementary school. So I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just talking about the system. Mm-hmm. Most individuals have some concrete solution to these problems, but the but it doesn't work for the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that your teacher, while she sounds amazing and I'm sh- a lot of us has had that one amazing teacher that we can speak about but in terms of the system that doesn't that's not the case unfortunately well, you're, yeah. you're you were a science I was science so yeah. I mean Ma- math science mostly, but is some super science. regulated you can only in in any public school you can only do teach one theory of of science mm-hmm. um and there's multiple different theories. I mean, I mean, it brings religion in, and, and that's part of the reason. But you can teach it. You can teach other viewpoints of of science just to just to give everything, just to put everything out on the table for somebody and not suggest anything which way. And I had a teacher that did that. We learned like life science, and we learned you know um, both Darwinism versus you know, creationism and all these different aspects. He didn't tell us what he thinks about anything. He just laid it all on the table Mm -hmm. because he wanted to give students the opportunity to choose what they think Mm -hmm. or feel is more correct. Mm -hmm. And you can't technically do that. Like he couldn't teach it as this is what the school stands for, but he could teach it. So it's like if teachers just took... Yeah, the opportunity to do that. I'm sorry, so sorry, but the fact that you said an all-black school—that means even saying the reason for the war. Most black people feel like the war was. (laughs) It's not until you get until you diversify that student portfolio that you realize there's conflicting issues Mm -hmm. and stories and beliefs. Okay, well. Uh, we have Zainab. She's going to be at House of Comedy. You can go see her. Uh, she's got a Friday night tonight show at 7.30 and 9.45. And Saturday, 7 p.m. and 9.30. And then she'll be here Sunday at 7 p.m. So you can check out. I'll put a link up to go buy tickets if you'd like. Um, but thank you for coming in. It was great meeting you. Shy. Always. Yeah, and we'll get see you guys next week. We'll be right Thank back you. here on the Tom Bernard Show with uh, Brooks Whelan at Acme. <laughs>